the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Vamos, Leafs. Maple Leaf, vamos. And Steve Dangle is a smelly guy. You know, people won't great. know what you're talking about. Yeah, that ad isn't <laughs> until later in the show. Is it not? It might be in the middle. <laughs> it might be at the beginning. It's a dynamic right. ad, so people might. Adam Wilde is a smelly guy. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it eventually. Listen, what if, it's, what like if Quint- it's not in their region. No, like, this is if- this is why I'm such a genius. This is a Quentin Tarantino movie. You're seeing stuff at the beginning that you won't get till later. Okay, all right. So dig that, deep, kids. Is that genius stuff or is it annoying? Uh, well, after about eight movies, it got annoying for sure. Mm. Like, you know, like the, the I love Tarantino. I do. I, I wonder if there's going to be a twist again. <laughs> <laughs> there might be. There's the one in the cabin where he's like, "We shot it all in 75 millimeter because that's how they used to shoot it in the 30s." And I was like, "Nobody cares." Literally nobody cares. Kill Bill but, 1 and 2 got to be like top five movies all time sick. for me. So amazing. Well, and when they oh. do the, aren't they going to do a third where they like are I all older? not? No. Are they going to do where they're all I, older? I don't know if that's happening, but I pray it's not happening. There's like Including a the dead theory. ones? Like, yeah, no, no. There's like a conspiracy <laughs> theory that like somebody's going to come back for Uma Thurman. Ah, oh, no. Because like, Please doesn't don't. she kill no. someone's dad? And then like, there's a kid that escapes. Yeah, but and then no. The kid, the kid would be older and then go after Uma Thurman. That's what they're saying. I'm upset. No? You don't like that? Make I'm a upset. new thing. Yeah. Someone, anyone, make a new thing. Okay. Stop what, with what the remakes the, and the... Uh. What was the four-hour movie that the internet nerds were upset about? Oh, this the Zack oh. Snyder, Batman's Justice League. Jesus. Um, you know, I know that they're including a good friend of ours, Mike Stevens from the Staff and Graph podcast. I know there were people that really liked it, but I... I, I no. tweeted this out. There are very few movies that could be good over the course of four hours. There are none. Well, there Lord of the Rings, movies. the extended cut was pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you. It was sick. It was sick. <laughs> Bro, I don't people have four like, hours. People are like, I don't. They're, they're coming at me in the mentions like, oh, well, there's series that last multiple seasons and they're fine and they're more than four hours. It's like, well, yeah, but like, that's not how that's written. You understand? Like, it's what a, movie right, so- is designed to pause? Bingo. Right. So they said there are it's done in parts. That's what I read on the Axe. on the Twitter Twitter machine. The the film is split up into parts. But that's not it's not the same as like you can't be like oh Breaking Bad was six seasons. Like no, it's not the same thing. You know, it's a movie. Also, I know I'm not the most superhero-y guy in terms of like being a fan. Physique. I, I do no no physique. Oh, My sorry. physique is clearly a superhero. Obviously, you um, got the chin. No, but there's something about Batman fighting a space creature that's like, no, you know what I mean? What what made the Chris Nolan Batman so good is that it was like in a weird way it could be real, you know, like mm-hmm. these you almost felt like these characters could exist, um, and it was I think, uh, I, yeah, I forget who it was, but I was watching Suicide Squad with somebody. It was Roz, Roz Weston from uh, uh, the Kiss Morning Show. Uh, we were both down in New York watching it for our various entertainment outlets. Adam, are you going to hurt your back when you uh, pick up all these names you're dropping? Oh, yeah, me and Roz, yeah. (laughs) Um, In New York. (laughs) In New York. Yeah, no, he because he works for Entertainment Tonight Canada, and I was doing the breakfast television entertainment at that point. So we flew down to New York. We watched, they flew you down there. You watch the movie, you interview the cast the next day. And he was like, he looked at me after this. He's like, where they lose it for me is when it's not 
like the best superhero movies are when it's somewhat feels like it could be real. Like there's something that could be at stake. That's when the Avengers lost it for me. It's like, oh man, these space surfing guys are coming out of the sky. Woo! It's going to get crazy. I bet the Hulk will smash some of them. Like that's it's when? <laughs> that's that's, that's when. when it got a little, I mean, like the first Iron point. Man is amazing. The first Iron Man is amazing. Cause it's real. It feels real. It's not real, but it yeah. feels real. Iron Man, the guy with the metal heart and the, and that Captain America who's still alive. And we got, well, who else we got? The entirety of Wakanda, the very concept of the Hulk. Really, Adam? Also, Batman or- is so, Batman is so transparently Batman. It's like, oh, this billionaire who can definitely afford to be Batman and is the only person in the city who could do it. That guy's not Batman. Like, oh well, he's God. got a it's custom like- made vehicle with missile. That's Bruce Wayne. Well, yeah. And, and it's Bruce Wayne. Is- what those movies are missing to make them a little bit more realistic is like Batman's somewhat hateable in real life and he does it on purpose. But like, if he was that rich, he'd be like Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos level. Would he not? Yeah. Yeah, like, and you would, would figure would, like, out, hate him. You would figure out that Elon Musk is Batman because he's the only person with this Tesla Batman car. And then everyone's like, whoa, who's Batman? Oh. And he's intentionally being obnoxious. Yeah. This would explain a lot about his Twitter account. But there's like, <laughs> the, in the in the Christian Bale one, there's like Gee, one girl. scene where he becomes like a jackass for a moment. And they're like, and everybody's like, oh, I'm so offended. And it's like, okay, it would take more than one dinner to have rich people leave your house if you're that wealthy. Like right. you can be a total dick when you're rich and people will be like, whatever, man, I'm still your friend. Yeah, you put Weird. up with him. Oh, well, he's got a bidet. Like, I don't know. I guess I'll stay. <laughs> I mean, he's rich enough to have a bidet. He's got a really nice bidet. So. And with all that being said, The Dark Knight was awesome. It was sick. Like, it was amazing. <laughs> it was one of the best movies ever. Amazing. And you know, if you go back and watch whatever the third one was, I forget what it was called. It's uh, not The Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Yeah. With Bane. It's a pretty good movie. Oh, my God. I, lo- I loved all three. That trilogy is unbelievable. It's awesome. It's First awesome. one's very underrated. Mm-hmm. Yes, very, it yeah. is. Because it was made Scarecrow. so much uh, f- f- time before the second one so that people forget it, but it's so, it's really good. Incredible. It's an incredible one. And randomly, Katie Holmes is not in it anymore after that movie. I don't understand, but that's what happened. She was the original. And I then, forgot. Yeah, I think the whole, I think the Tom Cruise stuff blew up in between there or something. There was It was bizarre because that movie is old now. It's probably 15 mm-hmm. years old, which is oh, yeah. hard to believe. Um. I know, Steve, that came out probably when you and I were in high school. How wild this, is that? Well, I feel like this is the year of everything you like is 15. Like everything <laughs> you like is 15 years old at least. Yeah. Some things are 25. Yeah. What? How long ago was the South Park movie? Oh, man. Wasn't that 98 or 99? Like, yeah, that's oh my more God. than 20 years old. Oh, yeah. We're like, coming up on 25. Like Joe Thornton was like a sophomore. <laughs> True. <laughs> Spencer wasn't drafted yet. 99 South Park movie. The Patrick Steffen draft. Well, that was a good draft. Or the Sedin draft. Or Pavel <laughs> Brendel. Depends who you cheer for. We're closer to 2040 than we are to the release of the South Park movie. You stop that immediately. <laughs> How dare you? Steve, you're closer to 50 than you were that than you are <laughs> yeah. than you are that age when it came no! out. <laughs> you stop like, that immediately. Way no. closer to 50 than that age when it came out. Cool. I'm just sitting here on a podcast with my friends waiting for to see if I get a number in top shot. I'm I've clearly adjusted to adulthood so well. i know i know you want to do this top shot thing later on the show i just want to go on the record and say i have no fucking clue what's going on here 
So um, Steve's like, we have to do this. I'm like, good, let's go and do it. We can share your screen. I don't know what's happening. So you'll have to explain that to me. Uh, right now? Okay. Well, no, not right now. It's no, okay. No. We'll get to oh, it later. Okay, we're we're going to get it. also might not get this. Okay. Well, we're going to get into who wore the crown mm. and then we'll sort it out. Is that cool? No. Okay. Well, what would you like to do? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, no. Let's do the crown. <laughs> okay. Let's do the crown. I know who I'm going to pick. I, you know what? I don't think I should go first. Because I want to go obnoxious. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on now. Let's get to the sponsor. I might burn the whole segment down if I if, go first. If, if it's okay with you, we'd like to get to who sponsored the segment. Would that be okay? I mean, yeah, I suppose that'll be okay too. <laughs> <laughs> what, Jesse, do they donate to charity? <laughs> Jesse, you good? I bet they read books too, a group of can losers. I, can I explain who wears the crowd this week? Yeah, tell us Who's the sponsored? nerd. Fine. All right. For today's episode of Who Are the Crowd, it's going to be sponsored by Kevin Leach. Kevin Leach submitted his donation to Sick Kids of $125. Thank you, Kevin. That's mm. very generous. Uh, he DM'd me and said, you guys consistently have great discussions and not just about hockey. Your thoughtful and entertaining, entertaining conversations keep me coming back, even if I'm an Avs fan. Thanks for inspiring me to donate. That's from Kevin. Adam, take it away with your ad read. Kevin is listening to us solely for the fact that he knows that we regret losing Nazem Kadri immensely. That's why Kevin's listening. Uh, I believe that's why Steve's friend, producer Drew, listens. It's his uh, entire it's mostly, personality. Yeah, it's literally that Nazem Kadri trade. What is up with that? <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, hey, listen, uh, Kevin, uh, if you want to be cool like Kevin and cheer for a team that might actually win, be like Kevin and cheer for the apps. In the meantime, why not check out the podcast and who wore the crown? Steven, who should start? Oh, uh, no. No, no, no. Okay, fine. You want no, me no, to do I'm it? I'm asking you who should start. You. Oh, who should start? You, dickhead. Go. You go first. You're okay. on the spot. It's your turn now. <laughs> My crown goes to Jack Campbell, the savior. Obviously, uh, first off, when was the last time you saw a goalie stack the fucking pads in a hmm. game in the NHL? Adam, was... if I may. What? Stack Campbell. Oh. <laughs> I like that better than this. I think Soup should belong to... They got to stop calling him Soupy and then McKay of Soup. Like, it's... Or Mickey. It's oh, like, yeah. come on. We got to figure this out here, guys. Stacking cans. Stacking stacking the cans. Soup, you see. <laughs> he can he can can. Anyway, long story short, the because <laughs> it's a can on top of a can. And it's oh a dance. God. Anyway, long story short, the, uh, the, the, the pad stack thing was incredible. And I've told you since the beginning, since Jack got here, that's my boy. Uh, and he just seems like the greatest guy. And there's an article in the Toronto Star today about is Jack Campbell actually that nice? And they so they interview people from all around his like minor hockey and people that played with him and that sort of thing. And each one of them goes, every time I think about that guy, I just smile. Like literally, this is him. He's like, real. He's never, he's never been behind someone at a light that's been green too long for us all to be standing here still mm -hmm. and, and honk the horn. Like he's never had never. that experience. No, no, nothing. Just a nice good human being who stopped all the right shots. Well, stopped all the shots, got himself a shutout. Great to see him back. Steve, who do you want to go to next? I don't even know where to go. I want Jesse to go. Ooh. All right. I got a special. Uh, this is, this is a crown for Adam. I'm giving my crown to Jason Spezza for his seventh goal of the season. Ooh, now, yeah. sexy. Now Jason Spezza, seventh goal of the season. It was, uh, it was quite the shot. It was, it was quick, and it was Ooh. quick off the blade. And I learned from Stewie that Jason Spezza has a big toe. 
So what that means is the end of his stick, the little blade there, it's huge. It curves a lot bigger than the average NHL player. And if you and if you remember back on uh, March 9th, 2009, Ron Wilson, head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, tapped on the referee and said, hey, go look at that guy's stick. That guy was Jason Spezza. And the referee called Jason Spezza over. He got a penalty in that game for having a curve that was illegal because his curve is a little bigger than usual. So he got caught in that game, March 9th, 2009. He got a two minute penalty for having the illegal stick. He actually, you can watch the video on YouTube. He cracks his stick over the boards before the ref comes and checks it. So then the ref's looking at the stick that's half broken. It's so it's a great video, go look it up. And he gets assessed two minute minor. The Leafs uh, go on the power play because of that. They don't convert on the power play. Senators win 2-1 that game. So <laughs> crown goes to Jason Spezza because now you're on our side and you're scoring your seventh goal of the season with that big toe, a legal curve. Hopefully now it's legal. I don't know. They don't really check it anymore. But no, because it's a dumb Spezza. rule. And let me throw this at you. Um, I bet you Steve did an LFR after that game. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I bet I did. And we could probably find it. Do you also remember the ensuing controversy? What's that? Oh, here we go. I, I do have it. I haven't written here, but go ahead. So, okay. Uh, Jason Spezza obviously tries to be slick, breaks his stick. Then coach Ron Wilson catches him. Then there is a press conference a few days later. I don't remember if this was before a game or after. And Ron Wilson is being very curt. He's being very short with the media. Short even by Ron Wilson's standards. He was, he did not get along with them very well. You might remember he announced his extension on Christmas Day, forcing every sports writer in the city to work on Christmas Day one year. Uh, but he was being particularly short. Um, and one Howard Berger decided to ask him, like, Ron, it's, like, is everything okay? And he goes, no, uh, I- I'm annoyed. And I'm annoyed at you. For basically calling in my calling out my integrity as a coach, because there was an article written, basically, uh, in in not so many words. Listen, the Leafs are shit right now, uh, and you only get to use your illegal curve bullet once or twice a year. Why would you waste it now? Teams are going to look for it and and make sure you know they don't have their special sticks out. You should save this for when you're good and when the games actually matter. And that made one Ron Wilson very, very mad. Wow. Yes. I mean, it's just two bad takes swirling in the wind together. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just everything right. about that. The leaf sucked. The, the call sucks. The rule sucks. It sucked. It, like, everything sucks. I know there's not. The leaf sucked in the game. They get a penalty. They can't score on it. Like, I mean, everything just sucks. It stinks. It stinks. Yes, everything stinks. Yeah, that's um, how it was. That, now, here's here. If you had told Steve Dangle on March, is it March thirteenth, two thousand nine, Jesse? March 9th. March 9th, That the yeah. first playoff hockey he'd see wouldn't be till twenty thirteen, <laughs> in an LFR. And I remember this very well because it was right before the podcast started, and people were tweeting at Steve like, "Holy shit, it's your first playoff LFR." And then, Six and years. then, here's the best part: it would be another four years till he saw another game in the playoffs. <laughs> I made videos for nine years or ten. No, it was ten. It was LFR ten. It was my tenth season before the Leafs made the playoffs in an 82 game season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a ride, folks. Sure There's has. a reason my book's not called "This Is Fun." <laughs> <laughs> 
Steve, do you have someone? Well, Adam, you know, Jesse bringing up Jason Spezza and his big toe and scoring a goal. It was an impressive goal. But Jesse, I got to say, it wasn't even the most impressive goal of the game. Mm. That would be the second from Zach Hyman. The wraparound. That was pretty cool. Morgan Riley going bowling with an entire defensive pair. Da, 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 oh, what da, was that, by the way? That was terrible coverage. The, that was Rasmus <laughs> Anderson deciding to bowl Riley over into Yusuf Valamaki, and all of a sudden the Flames are basically naked um, and can't do anything. But, you know, goal scorers get all the glory. And it's so rare that the person who gets the assist on the goal Gets the glory. Steve, are you talking about Alex Galchenyuk? Well, no, he he got the secondary assist on that play. The Thomas was Coverley his, assist. Yes, the first uh, Jason Allison special. The the first uh, point as a Leaf. But the primary assist on that goal went to the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, here we go. John Tavares. Overpaid. Who, no, I mean, oh, what's there to complain about? This guy, nine goals, 18 assists for 27 points in 32 games. Heaven forbid he dip ever so slightly below a point a game while the team is in first freaking place in the division. What a bum piece of shit, am I right, folks? John Tavares setting up Zach Hyman for, I was about to say the game-winning goal, but no, the game-winning goal was the first one because Jack Campbell stood on his freaking head. But John Tavares... Ushering the Leafs into the best era of Toronto Maple Leafs hockey in about a quarter century. And I just got to give my crown to him. God bless John Tavares and the fact that he is a Leaf. Oh, it's such a wonderful thing, isn't it? Who could possibly complain? Whomst among us. Am I right, folks? Don't ask. If you're wondering what Steve's talking about, you don't need to know. About the complaint part anyway. He's the cream of the crop, Adam. So the let's bring rises to the top. So let's bring let's bring it back to Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for donating. Kevin, the Avs fan. If you want to be a fan of a team that might actually win uh, some playoff rounds this year, why not? Why not? Cheer for the Avs. All right, now what? Um, that was such a what kind of why not was that? Sure, that's bullshit. It was the captain. It was doing John. Oh, it's John Tavares. <laughs> where do you where do you like the puck, John? <laughs> oh, it's front foot. <laughs> <laughs> Better not miss. <laughs> you guys are idiots. Oh my god. That is still that is still him. one of the best things we've ever had the chance to talk about. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's when John Tavares and Austin Matthews sat down with Elliot Friedman. And as I said at the time, the three most charismatic human beings in the world. Elliot, who's very measured and very calm. Yep. Austin and John, who don't have a lot to say to the press, let's be honest. Yep. And uh, it was, <laughs> they made a bad joke and they thought it was great. Ask, ask me some questions. Ask huh? me some questions. You, you got you any some... questions? Yeah. What do you mean? For, for the captain, it's not every day you get to talk oh, to the captain of the Toronto John Maple Well, John, how do you respond to the criticism this weekend that you're overpaid? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I think I'm, I'm good. I'm really happy. <laughs> I think I'm pretty good. That's why we don't ask John Tavares more questions. 
(laughs) because it's really fucking boring but you know what it's nice to have a boring captain like it's such an easy it's such an easy thing for the press to do and especially in this in this town like the the shit that matt sandine took just for not being canadian and not being wendell clark or doug gilmore was crazy it was insane dion with the whole pylon thing that was terrible uh, what you mean, Dion? Yeah, Dion with the whole. Well, he did get turnstiled a lot, but yeah, uh, but it's come on. It's there not was... Dion's fault that Dion was captain. He never right. really should have been named captain. It's it's not Dion's fault that he was the first defenseman on the team. You know, he wasn't first pairing. He gets all the minutes. Come mm-hmm. on, he's put and in gets, position to fail and wasn't prepared for. And they never gave him like I think the problem. And there will be, you know, the pendulum has swung one way. There will be a pendulum swinging the other way where, no, 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 you guys are all wrong. Dion Phaneuf was actually good. Look at who his defense partners were. And I think if you, there was a point at which um, Steve was on, uh, Steve and Andrew Berkshire did an article years ago, and it was one of your first joint articles, I think, for Sportsnet when you just got hired there, and I loved it. It was about Paul Maurice. Yes. And it was oh, about it's Paul Maurice's history with goaltending and how he'd never had a goalie much over 900. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he did... That year was Andre Pavlik, uh, but then you know Connor Hellebuck emerged. Um, then it was like, oh wow, that like there's a and who was the, there was a, Hutchinson was there too, wasn't he? Mm, was yeah, I think he would have been included. I want to say the best goalie he ever had was he got like a couple good seasons at a Cam Ward and maybe JSO. I want to say I want to say Sean Burke when he was like with Hartford. Ooh. So. I would say to the Dion Phaneuf haters, okay, maybe, but who was he playing with? Like, I can remember when there was a Toronto Sun article about this guy, Mike Koska, who had basically walked his way onto the team. And they're like, wow. And he's playing minutes with Dion Phaneuf. And then there was the Dion Phaneuf, Keith Ollie pairing, which is just two gigantic towers, towering men that can't skate all that well. And then who else did it, was it? Was it um, Paul Ranger? I think he probably played, played with. Like who, and you're, and you're probably asking me who, 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 well, that was the early 2010s Leafs. It was a bunch of who's and Dion Phaneuf and Phil Kessel. And uh, I don't know that he necessarily got a fair shake. I also don't know that they put him in a position to succeed based on his skill set. It was still the strangest odd couple I've ever seen. I went out to the bar one night after working at CBC and I was like, Hey, that's Mike Koska and the old spice guy. It was really? Isaiah Mustafa. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> How wow. would you even know each other? Yeah, that was oh. very weird. Dion Phaneuf, man, I was surprised when I spoke to Brian Burke because uh, I talked about Dion Phaneuf. I can't remember if it was on this show or on one of the trade tree videos I did with him where I talked about um, you know, him not really having the captain personality or whatever or you know, basically it didn't go well with him Mm -hmm. as captain. And he was like surprised. And I'm like, there was always a vibe with Phaneuf. Like he's quiet and Tavares is quiet, but it's completely different vibes. There was something about that guy that he put out there that nobody seemed to like. Like a tenseness. Yes. Yes. I always felt like he was, he was like trying to figure out if he could unhinge his jaw and eat me. Whereas John Tavares, I'm just, like he's just a guy you see at Farm Boy who happens to be very good at hockey and like battles in the corner. Just a normal guy. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I really I like the hot food here. The hot food table is really good. <laughs> so um, I want to read you a Jack Campbell stat. Are you guys ready? Because mm. this is interesting. Elliot Friedman started the post game after Calgary, the second Calgary game, and said there is no con- goaltending goal controversy in Toronto. This is Jack Campbell's net. And Jack Campbell is the first goalie with a sub two GAA in his first 10 start with the Leafs since Terry Sawchuk. Leafs great, not Detroit great, Terry Sawchuk in 1964. And his stats compared with Frederick Anderson since joining the team in February 2020. And this is from Sportsnet Stats. Um, He's got less than a one GAA. Obviously, he's played away less games. His save percentage is 934, two shutouts, and he faces more shots per game than Anderson does on average by two. Now, he's played 10 games with the now, Leafs. Now, to say Jack Campbell is good doesn't mean you necessarily think Freddie Anderson is bad. But, you know, we mentioned it earlier this season. It was not a popular thing when I started bringing it up. And I know, Steve, you caught some shit for it as well. But there have been alarm bells for Freddie for a year and a half now. And, and now it's Friday night's game really kind of brought that home. I don't think there's anybody out there who's like, you know, Freddie's fine. It might be injury. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, I think you need to give him credit for playing that well through injury. No, I think you need to look at the Leafs management and say, how are you playing a guy who clearly is not ready to play? This that is irresponsible. Enough. And, well, I agree with you. But, okay, you're talking about a guy who wants the net. I think if it were up to Freddie, he'd still be playing. Honestly. Like, he, he wants to play badly. Um he wants to play as much as possible. He wants to play 60 games. I think he'd be happy to play all 82. I, I really do. Then I was thinking, what's better? Like, Freddie at at what percent of Freddie would you rather Michael Hutchinson be the starter? It's got to be at least below 80. Well, yeah, and I think the thing is, is that you play different in front of Michael Hutchinson because you're more afraid of the mistakes that you'll make. Whereas with Freddie, you've built up this, you know, three and a half, four years of, of, of experience where he saved your ass until recently he's carried the load. And he's, the Leafs have gone as far as he'll take them. And Nick Kiprios called that before he played a game in a Leaf uniform. And he, with his spectacular goaltending, allowed this group to thrive. Yes. You know, Elliot Friedman, I heard talking on 31 Thoughts, he was talking about um, the Senators being a plucky group. And when they get saves, they're a hard team to beat because it goes right to their legs and they play like a team that's getting saves. And when they're getting poor goaltending, they wilt. Um, and I just wonder what would have happened to the Leafs rebuild if Freddie was not as advertised. If he did, wasn't Fred Zina, if he wasn't a guy who finished top 10 in Vesna voting twice, top five uh, in there as well. He deserves all the credit in the world, but Friday's game, Adam, put a real stamp on, well, sorry, before that, Michael Hutchinson's last game put a stamp on, okay, that's there's no option there. That's not an option. And the Friday night game for Freddie put a stamp on the second Jack Campbell is healthy. We need to not only not play this guy, we need to shelve him. All right. He's he's got to go on IR. And is he on IR as of now? So he's not on it yet. But after the game, Keith said that he's been dealing with a lower body injury. And I think like the best thing about the situation is what Keith said 
uh, is that on Thursday, the problem is going to solve itself. Because if Freddie's not good to go, then he goes on IR. Then Campbell gets a run with the crease. And then we see what, what happens. That's why it's not. That's why I like what Elliot said after the game, because it's not a goalie controversy if one guy can't play. You know, you only got yes. one guy to play. So we get to see what Campbell looks like when he's starting. And like, we haven't seen him have a long run. He's just going to get it by default. I got a question for you both then. Okay. If Freddie says he's good on Thursday based on how he played last Friday, are you trusting that? No, you're going with Jack, no yeah. matter what. Because, you, because he did say, Jesse, am, am I wrong in, in, your, in the interpretation? Keith said if he's not ready to go Thursday, we'll start Jack. Yeah, I can, I can read you the quote. He said, there may not be much decision to be made for me on Thursday. The goalies themselves, based on their health, that may determine it for us. So, so that, I think he's alluding to in the next 48 hours, we see Anderson go on IR and he gets a little bit of a breather and Campbell gets the starts in the next few, the next few uh, games. I'm not 100% sure I have this right, but I think they're probably still monitoring Jack's health. Mm -hmm. Sure looks healthy to me. <laughs> Double pad stack, shutout, you know, pretty good. Um, but they can place Freddie on LTIR. And I believe the cap savings are retroactive. Oh. And yeah. the other issue uh, there is if a player gets put on IR or LTIR, I don't know the exact numbers, but there is a certain amount of time they have to stay on it. Yeah, there's a yes, minimum there games and or weeks. I think it's 10 days or like I want to say five or, games. Or five games. 10 days yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, it's 10, 10 days rings a bell. Something like that. But Which yeah. I don't hate. So I, don't hate. I, I think they're monitoring uh, the situation. Uh, has Vevelinen's quarantine even ended yet? No. Like, mm, no. So and who did they? They called up a goalie today. I think it was Wool. Uh, no, it was Ian Scott. Scott. So Ian he Scott. was previously WHL goalie of the year, Leaf draft pick, but. He had, I think it was hip surgery, and he hasn't played. Here, let me just look him up. He's, he, I think he played a an AHL game, and like that's all he's got. So I think he's on, I think he's on the Leafs right now because he was hurt. I want to say it was in camp. Therefore, to activate him, he has to be a Leaf, and then he, then you can send him down, but. As of right now, I want to say for cap savings purposes, they need to have three goalies at all times this season because it's unique. So I think right now it's Campbell, Hutchinson, and Wool. So 2018-19, Prince Albert Raiders, 49 games. He had a 932 save percentage. That is very, very good. Uh, the season before, he played one game uh, with the Marlies that was a win, and that's his only pro experience there's no illusion here the Leafs aren't sticking this guy in the net yeah. he forget professional shots uh he hasn't faced a professional shot since 2018 um and he hasn't faced any shot uh for like two seasons basically outside of maybe practices so there's a we're a long way away from seeing ian scott yeah. Yeah. Well, and this, so this makes me wonder, I, I wonder if they're holding Freddie off of LTIR or sorry, IR. LTIR is the, is the cap situation, but if they're holding him off IR because they're looking to make a goalie move and you can't make a goalie move and, and, and risk Michael Hutchinson being in, being your starter. Cause if Jack Campbell has been dealing with nagging injuries that maybe are better now um, and, uh, and he gets injured again on Thursday, what do you have? So, 
at that point, it's like maybe we have 70% Freddie, but that might still be better. So, so depending on when he left, I think Vevelinen would be available to the organization March 26th or 27th. They got to do something about away. that. So it's five, a long time. five days, but I think they only play one game. Right. During that time. Yeah, you, got, uh, you got Thursday and then you got Edmonton over the weekend. Hmm. So you run, you probably run a bit of a risk, um, but I think it's minimal. You're, you're betting that you're not going to lose all three of Freddie, uh, who I, I imagine they would be able to bring back if they really had to. Um, Campbell and Hutch, and then all of a sudden, then you're digging into like you're gonna have to play Joseph Wool yeah. against like the Oilers. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's not fair. That's well, not fair. no, it's super not. <laughs> I think um, I think they are gonna no. make a goalie move here, guys. I don't think they have a choice. Like an intelligently run organization like the Leafs. And here's the thing: you make a goalie move, and this is what I would do. And maybe I'm not on uh, Dubis's level of intelligence, but. Um, if you can make a goalie move and you get a, a, a 1A or a, just a B guy, let's say you get Bernier. Bernier is just a name that comes up who's played well. Let's say you get Bernier. He's well, hurt. then you then yeah. you can put – oh, he's hurt? Yeah. Dude, almost every goalie we talked about last episode is it's fucking hurt. hurt. That's the okay, thing. So there, there are Bernier, no Gale goalies available to make a move. That's my whole let's thing. Let's say there with- was. Let's say, okay, let's say there was no, no. hypothetical guy. Let's let him go. Let's let him okay. go. I'm sorry. Let's say sorry. John Stamos is a great goalie. Yeah. John Stamos from the Seattle Kraken and the Kraken are already a team. And you, you're like, John Stamos, not only would you look, you would be the great counterbalance to Willie when it comes to the looks, one blonde, one dark haired, both stallions. Um, also, you'd be a great 1B goalie for us. You have that 1B goalie in behind Jack Campbell who can pick up a few games along the way, and you keep Freddie on IR as long as you possibly can. If that means right till the end of the season, you Nikita Kucherov it. And then you've got as healthy as you can get Freddie Anderson. Maybe you play him in the last game to warm him up because who cares? You get him as healthy as you can get him for the playoffs. You're not going to lose a third goalie on waivers in the playoffs, I don't think. I don't think that's possible. No. And you roll into the playoffs with three goalies that you can use. Because the taxi squad, I don't believe you put people on waivers to go to the taxi squad in the playoffs. I'm trying to think of what I would have done differently if I were the Leafs, right? So you have already lost two guys on waivers, mm-hmm. the two skaters. And what's amazing about that is you should have lost three. The Spezza thing was a unique situation. He threatened to retire. Let's let's all call it what it was. It was bullshit shenanigans. hundred percent yeah. shenanigans. Can't do that. Well, so were this early in the season. The, the lightning with Kucherov. Oh, he's going to be ready game one in the playoffs. You don't even know you're going to make the playoffs. Well, we assume. Nah. Well, I would. Too. And he's going to be ready on that day. What day is that? That day. Like oh, he's the MVP, man, or what? He has an, a heart man. under his. Um, it's a little different circumstance. It's all. Yeah, they don't have to make a deadline move. They can keep everybody they want to keep. Come on, we're talking about Nikita Kucherov and Jason Spencer here. Yeah. Let's use different. And one, one, the team is threatening to lose a guy, and they're just like, "No, we're yeah. going to keep him." Kucherov's not getting waived. No. Yeah, so he's staying on the they, team. They should have lost three. Now I've seen some scenarios thrown out there where the Leafs could have held on to Aaron Dell. And it's true, but I I can't remember the exact situation because Aaron Dell was lost to waivers months ago, but they could have lost somebody else then at the beginning of the season. So the Leafs are one of seven teams trapped in this 
nation that has this scenario where it takes two weeks to get here. So realistically, 15 days probably, because I imagine there's the extra day of, well, I guess I got to pack my shit and leave. Uh, so it's 14 or 15 days. They had essentially four, arguably three and a half NHL quality goalies. They had Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell, Aaron Dell, Michael Hutchinson was number four. And I looked at that and I went, that's pretty great. I mean, I have no notes. Good for you. And Aaron Dell was hungry and he wanted to be the backup even. We know that would not have happened, but he wanted it anyway. And they're trying to protect the kids. They haven't put Joseph Wool in a predicament. Um, Ian Scott's obviously still, uh, you know, recovering. I'm just trying to, they traded for a goalie. All right. As a manager, Kyle Dubas did everything in his power to set the team up for success. And that's all you can ask for as a manager. And he did his job phenomenally and it just didn't work out. As a manager, he must react on the fly though. Totally. He's got to get a goalie guys. He, but there is no, there's no on the fly. Right. The only on the fly, the on the fly would have been claiming Anton Forsberg off waivers, but the Leafs are being punished for being too good because of their spot in the waiver wire picking order. They've probably seen Anton Forsberg's name on waivers a bunch of times and went, holy shit, here it is. Up oh, the Jets get him. Up. Oh. Oilers get him. Oh, I think the Hurricanes got him. Oh, he's on his fourth team right now. I think he's on the Sens. And they're like first in the pecking order, right? When it comes to the mm-hmm. waiver wire. I'm I'm not sure. Like, there's no on the fly. On the fly is I make a trade. I have the guy in a matter of hours. And he's playing NHL games for my team. Unless you make a trade with a Canadian team, it's just there isn't an option. All right. And I, I, I'm as frustrated as anybody, but I don't know what he could have done different. I don't think he could have. I'm just saying now he needs to. <laughs> yeah, but it won't be on the fly is all I'm saying. Well, uh, on the fly towards the trade deadline. How's that sound? It, this is on be... the fly. Midseason is on the fly is what sure. I mean. Sure. On the yeah. fly. In just find the goalie. Like find if, goalie get if you can find the goalie, like kudos to you because I look around the league and I don't see it. Well, yeah. a couple Campbell names stays that came healthy. Up. He doesn't have to do anything. A couple yeah. names came up. That I kind of like. Both having shit seasons. Corpus Allo, well, not shit. It's not great. Corpus yes. Allo's not had a great year. Georgiev has not had a great year. Oh, well, does Rasmus Sandin get it done? No. <laughs> Apparently, Rasmus Sandin is the only player that gets anything done in any trade proposal, by the way. <laughs> and, right? and let me let me say this. Um, the 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 Nick or sorry, uh, is it not Nick Felino? Nick Felino? Uh, yes. Yes, who um, currently plays, who I always... On the Blue Jackets? Yeah, oh, mixed yeah, up with yeah. his dad, because I used to watch his dad play for the Leafs. Every time he scored, too. he'd jump, and he'd do the big <laughs> right. jump. Yep. But that was okay. But anybody else celebrating too much, they're European, and we don't like that. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the thing with Felino is, like, to me, that's the, that's the old guy hockey people in Toronto wanting that to happen. That is mm. not a Kyle Dubas move. The other one that I found hilarious, uh, and I don't know how reliable uh, the fourth period is at David Pagnotta. I don't, or sorry, at the fourth period, David Pagnotta. I'm not sure how reliable he is as an insider. Seems to have a lot of chatter, but the suggestion that Jonathan Quick, who with two years left on his contract, might be somebody that LA would definitely 100,000% part with at 50% of their salary for basically nothing. And apparently Jonathan Quick and, and um, um, uh, 
um, Jack Campbell are good friends. And if the Leafs need to, they can get Jonathan Quick. And my, my question is, why would you get a guy who hasn't been good in three or four years when you have a guy who at least was good in 2019? Like, of all the goalies I would turn to, um, the, the cap number, the, the everything – I, I, I mean, when when he was at his peak, Steve. What did Andrew Berkshire always say about Jonathan Quick? Uh, he's the, I don't, I, something along the lines of he's the best bad goalie in the world. <laughs> like, yeah, he he has he has two good months a year, and they're stellar. And, and then and the rest the playoffs. of playoffs mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I and he's one of the guys where I uh, when everyone was like the sort of the dawn of fancy stats and all that. Everyone was talking about how bad Jonathan Quick is, and I was just like, I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> because yeah. all I do is I watch him win Stanley Cups and be frigging unbeatable. Unbeatable. Even, I think it was their last playoff appearance against Vegas, that five-game series against Vegas. He had something like a 950 save percentage. It's just Marc-Andre Fleury was a god. Uh, for some reason, but he's 35, prone to injuries. Uh, Elliot Freeman sort of uh, doused this rumor with water, <laughs> buddy. I don't get it. I don't. I wouldn't understand that one either. That didn't no. make sense to me. No. Um. Anyway, so it's interesting. Uh, I thought it was worth bringing up anyway, just to examine because I got it tweeted at me a lot this weekend. Um. Let me ask you this. Um, how do you feel about these other candidates? The Athletics got uh, a few from uh, Myrtle and uh, Jonas Siegel. So you've got Bernier, Detroit, injured. Devin Dubnik is Devin Dubnik. Bad. Anti Ranta, 922 save percentage. Not happening because Darcy Kemper's hurt. Yeah. Um, Georgiev, Corpusala were two names I already brought up. Here's one that I want. And I don't know that they can make this happen during the season, but here's the guy I want because the team he's on is rebuilding. You want a good goalie on a bad team? John Gibson. Right, who just signed like a massive deal? Um, Six years remaining at six point four a season. I mean, he's twenty seven, so you probably I, hate the back half of that contract. Yeah, and if you're Anaheim, you probably say, "Hey, we're going to need a goalie when we're good," which could be in like two years. We'll have John Gibson still, so they you might you probably don't pieces. give up on them. They do, right? Yeah, they got some real good pieces. Now, I just wonder if they're financially struggling. Right. I think they're one of those teams that could be. And because uh, the Samuelis are very, very good owners from everything we've heard. But I definitely think that they're, if there's an ownership group that's probably struggling, they would be among that group, I would think. Yeah. I, I don't see Georgiev being an option. I don't think the Rangers let Lundquist walk um, just to trade Georgiev. Uh, Columbus is interesting. But as I look at the standings right now, looky, looky, who's in a playoff spot? the Columbus Blue Jackets yeah. and looky, looky who they're slated to play in the first round. If the standings stay the same, the lightning. <laughs> oh boy. Every also, great. John Gibson's injured. Uh, he's well, yeah, for a little they're bit. all injured. Everybody's Jesus. injured. Okay. So what if the solution is just, you hope your goalie stay healthy because that's all anyone has. That's not good enough. You have to do it. Yeah. Well, it's not good enough thing. for everybody. <laughs> you have to go and do something. Not everybody's a Stanley cup contender. There's, there Steve, aren't, if they there do, aren't 200 Adam, NHL Adam, goalies Adam, in the world. We're asking you for the name, and we can't come up Anton with Anton Hudobin in Dallas. There's 
a name, but why okay. would Dallas give him up? Yeah, well, I don't understand why got, they would trade him. Apparently, he's got uh, two more years left on his deal, and they're not crazy about that because they had to re-sign him after the Stanley Cup run. Ben Bishop's back to Ben Bishop form, and maybe they'd like to off- offload $3 million a year. So I think there are options out there. Um, I do think one of the Arizona goalies is an option. I do think one of the Columbus goalies is an option. Um, who did you just mention again? Oh, Anton Hudobin. Uh, I do think Anton Hudobin is an option. For all of them, though, I think they're off-season options. You know, I don't think any of those teams want to part with them. Dallas, I'm looking, they're, boy, they're not very good uh, in the Central, but they're really not that far back of a playoff spot. They've played four fewer games than Columbus. Can they I, just went to the Stanley What if you I, give them Lilligren, Green Sanding, and a first? Can I end this now? Maybe. Ben yeah. Bishop's injured. So oh, they need to go for God's sake! <laughs> wow! Like, are you kidding? That. That's over. Are you kidding? It's not happening. It's over. It's not happening. Man, maybe Jonathan Quick is the only option. No, I don't want that guy. <laughs> I don't either. Not, no, the option is Jack years. Campbell. It's the Jack option, Campbell yeah. and Freddie Anderson. Okay, so so Jack, the savior Campbell, is going to have to really save our butts. And like, and like, let's say uh, Freddie is hurt and Campbell gets hurt. Um. Uh, what team has three NHL starters? Like, it's just shit happens, man. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, I don't want Michael Hutchinson to be the starter of the team either. But like, Jesus Lord. I and, think we're going and that everyone's way. dropping like flies. The and you stars know top three oh, no. centers are injured right now. Here's what's going to happen too, Steve. You ready? What? Um, uh, 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 one of the Leafs defense is going to go down. They're going to get Granlin, but they're not, they're not going to get the defenseman that they should take a swing at, which is Ekholm. And one of their defensemen is going to come down, and it'll be Martin Marincin and Michael Hutchinson in the starting lineup game one of the playoffs. Okay. Don't do that. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> you're a, you're a just bad saying. man. I, you're you know a, it's happening. And, they're gonna be, and then there's going to be a bunch of people like, whoa, but he's good on the penalty kill. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, but they'll be saying that out loud to themselves <laughs> to make them feel better, like I do. That's what I do. I go, yeah, but he's got a long stick. <laughs> yes. Can I ask, God. Can yes, I ask yes. Steve a question that's not about this? Sure. Mm. Steve, what number in line are you for the uh, Cool Cats drop three? So, yes, Jesse and I, I guess, are both. Yeah, what number are you? For a pack of NBA Top Shot, I am <laughs> 297,820th. That's out of 300,000 people. I'm uh, 160,976. So I'm ahead of you. Wow. And there's 67,000 packs. Yeah, Yeah, it's not not happening for us, bud. You guys wanted to do this today, right? No packs. No packs. Yeah, but we have nothing to open. So here's the problem, Adam. There's There's such demand for NBA Top Shot cards, which are digital basketball cards mm-hmm. nba cards there's so much demand that you can't simply buy them the new packs there's a finite amount of them so today's at sixty-seven thousand five hundred, mm-hmm. and you have to get in line there are over three hundred thousand people in line to buy these right now so once you enter the line adam they'll so you uh, before uh well it's 12 pacific but it's three here is when the drop happens so before three you get in line and then once three hits they randomly put you in an order in the line so just spits out your number in the line and steve and i got uh in the hundreds of thousands and only 69,000 67,000 cards so we're not gonna get a card so you but you have to sign up every day then whenever there's a drop so 
it's a random times they'll be and drops. are you going to be able to sell these yeah yes. on the market yeah okay well maybe i'll sign up too because i'm all about that i care less about the card money's about making money but you're selling it in like ethereum so unless you're cashing out which you're not really doing i have at least one friend who <laughs> i'm hoping cool like they write an article about one day he's gonna make so much money off top shot <laughs> good for him good for him it ain't me I've yeah. only uh, I've only lucked into one pack, okay, and I made money off it. Defensemen the Leafs are apparently in on Predators, Matthias Ekholm, Anaheim's Josh Manson, David Savard, uh, potentially as well from Columbus. Yeah. Who do you like the most in this? Who do you think is most likely? Uh boy, David Savard would look great on the Leafs. Add to that right side, um, but unfortunately, because Columbus is doing so well, um, you know. I, I was listening to – I took Iggy for a walk just before this, so I was listening to 31 Thoughts, and Fridge is like, yeah, it probably takes him off the table. Oh, boy, I would really like Ekholm. Um, but at this point, I think we're looking at guys you like in the NHL, but their depth. A top oh. four guy like Ekholm would be wicked. Josh Manson? Manson, I would I would say, is a pretty good option very good option i don't know exactly what he would cost um but like i saw some people were very upset to see mark Stahl's name mentioned and i'm looking at a few guys who are not analytical darlings at all but i'm like okay at the end of the day like you can be like a fail safe in the event of injury Mm-hmm. So, like a Mark Stahl, which will cost Mark Stahl cost you nothing. Dirt would cost you dirt. And Red Wings fans, at least from what I've seen on Twitter, have been decently pleased with him this year. I guess versus expectations, Dmitry Kulikov is another guy. Um, I got a couple names. You're just gonna need bodies. Couple names from the Coyote, Shalmerson, who I keep saying mm-hmm. it's got to be a leap one day. What about Goligoski? Goligoski's an option. He's definitely playoff hardened. Um, and mean, we know that, uh, but how hard are those miles and similar conversation, but he's right-handed, uh, with Jason Demers, Arizona remains the w- remains a, a good carcass to pick, <laughs> uh, in this scenario, we thought it'd be a goalie. It could be a defenseman. I think I, I understand the allure of wanting to get a, a top six winger, a, a third line center. I, I think they're things the Leafs could use to get better, but I I am trying to make myself see a scenario where they need defense less than that, and I and I don't I don't any one of those Jenga pieces gets taken out. I think the Leafs could probably take a hit on the left, like if Dermot got hurt. Yeah, even even Riley. I could see Sandine stepping in and being effective with those minutes. He's a, for a couple of games, guy. maybe for for it. Yeah. Muzzin. Ah, they don't have a muzzin. They don't have anything that looks like muzzin, but my faith in Rasmus Sandine makes me go, okay, they could survive a hit on the left on the right. Nothing. Unless Timothy Lilligren like has really taken a step and there are a lot of really big, Timoth believers out there saying it'd be a mistake to trade this guy. You watch, he's taking a step. He's way better defensively than you would think, but we don't know. 
So like in terms of what well, is it a time to find guys, out then? Well, like put them in the lineup. What what's stopping you? So you just take Bogo out. Yeah. The the problem I think is the team is trying to uh completely strip the roster um so that they're spending as little money as humanly possible. They don't want any extras. It's not like they're not going to waive Bogosian, right? No, so no, no. The only way to make that happen, I think, is to call up Lily Grin, take someone out of the lineup, but then you're going to be costing yourself money against the cap. Right. Well, so, for 24 hours, maybe. Now, what, what I'd be saying, what I'd say is Dubas is clearly up to something. He's clearly in buy mode. Um, and it'd be great to evaluate. Lilligren, but I, I don't think they're going to get that opportunity. Let me ask you this then, you know, with a team like Arizona, I know Darcy Kemper's injured, but if you could pull, I mean, like this is a team that would still have Darcy Kemper if anti rant is gone and would still have anti rant if Darcy Kemper's gone and they have to be in somewhat retool rebuild mode, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're yes. not, so they're not looking to hang on to both of those guys. So to me, that's an obvious target for goaltending. And if you can get a depth defenseman too, the team, that team needs draft picks. Match made in heaven. It, it would and like, be nice. And if you can find, and I don't know how Arizona's defense stacks up, but if you can find an upgrade, and I hate to say this to Justin Hall, but the Leafs are less strong on the, on the right side, obviously. They've always been. If you can find an upgrade to Justin Hall and get somebody in that top six, I don't hate Justin Hall moving down. People are like, well, is there going to be enough ice time to move, you know, move back home around? If, if they got Ekholm, then you play him with Muzzin. And it gives you flexibility as well. And Ekholm has experience on the right and left. Yeah. Your top, with your top pair has a lefty on the right. Like, let's not get too pick and choosy about that. Right. And are you, you're worried about ice time for Ekholm because he's so good. You're not worried about, oh, well, if, well, Justin, if Justin Hall only plays 15 minutes tonight, like, who the, like, you, you, it's almost like Eric, Eric Engel saying, I would just say to the player, who the fuck do you think you are? And why are you in my office? <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, but you're not that level, right? Like, it's you're not there. And and I don't think he would. Justin would probably tell you that he's played great. But that's why you want to have that. I want three pairs of that. Well, and, and I just I remember years ago there was a puck talks, and again this was Fridge. I don't know why I keep citing Fridge this episode, but there was a puck talks where he talked about Adam Oates watching. I think it was an old Penguins Rangers series. And one of the teams was down three to one. I don't remember which. And the team that was down three, one Adam Oates is just watching the TV in the same room. And he, he goes, that team is going to win the series because what they did was they just assaulted. Uh, I think it was the Rangers. No, the Rangers attacked the Penguins defense over and over and over and over again. And he's like, they're going to wear them down. You, you watch. And I, would that not be your strategy if you're playing the Leafs? Mm-hmm. You dump it in. The Leafs are all about possession. They'll be more than happy to take the puck. Dump it in, give it to them, but hammer them. Hammer Justin Hall. Hammer Morgan Riley. Hammer them over and over again. And even if they, you know, they get you, what, what are they? They're up two games to one. You know, hammer them, hammer them, hammer them to a point where you're forcing them to, okay, am I playing hurt? Probably because it's the playoffs. I'm not coming out of the lineup. You're betting on guys playing hurt or I really take them out. And then they're, it's some kid. It's because who are their options back there outside of Callie Rosen or Martin Marincin? Your extras are Sandine. who's a kid. 
Lilligren, who's a kid. You know, mm-hmm. it's and Martin Marichin. I just yeah, I really I kid. just see it as a vulnerable spot. Bodies. I would like to see one more body. Doesn't have to. Shalmerson would be wonderful. Um, someone with experience, someone who can play in the top four. All that would be great. But mm-hmm. I'm asking once again. I am asking you for a defensive body. <laughs> and Bernie Rant Sanders not, on the phone negotiating. And so. Rant is not coming in that deal because Kemper's out. So. Yeah, the I mean I don't think I don't think Arizona cares this year. I think they'll they they trade him if they could get value. I know, but you need so, you need somebody to play goalie. They don't give a shit, honestly. <laughs> the, the season's <laughs> toast for them. They really don't. Care. They, They'll be like, whose guy? I don't I know. Think. David, what's David Ayers up to? <laughs> like, it's uh, honestly, they can't. Arizona needs to recoup assets bad. Arizona needs to win the sellers market in this trade deadline. They do. I mean, if there was a team you could potentially get to make a bad deal yeah i mean that's a good target they're a family they're they're a family how Um, many teams can we get to pay phil kessel at once (laughs) hey that would be a great top line winger to bring in (laughs) yeah for sure and uh wow you know what he's only got next year left we're paying him anyway (laughs) <laughs> I don't think I don't think you want Phil Kessel on the Leafs. You don't want no, two-time Stanley no, Cup no. winner Phil Kessel Just on the for Leafs? the media shenanigations it's, itself, like shenanigations, shenanigations. Like you don't want that. Yo, oh, you but, know what I love Tavares, about that so much? Hold on, Tavares Nylander setting up Kessel. Oh, <laughs> that, would, that would be that. the line. That no. would be the line. No, <laughs> let's not give Ooh. let's not give the Ooh. media people in this city more fuel. For no, imagine Toronto Phil Leafs. Kessel comes back and wins. Wins, wins a, a Stanley Cup in Toronto. Man. He loved it here too, which I don't know why because no. we were so mean to him. But like he, I, it's Phil Kessel winning a Stanley Cup and Steve Simmons has to write about it. How awesome is that? Come on. It's too much shenanigans. Let me, let me, I want first of all, my new favorite word. <laughs> right, Second Jesse, of all, I still want him. Uh, you know who I would love and would fit the role wonderfully? Connor Garland. Little guy, but Dubas isn't afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got 25 points in 30 games. He had 22 goals in 68 games last year. Mm, that's pretty good. I mean, if you're not he's willing no to Gessel. give the sun and the moon, no, that's true. If you're not willing to give the sun and the moon for Taylor Hall, Philip Forsberg, etc., I mean, add him to the list of names of that would be nice. Pending RFA. At this point, I think the best option is probably a rental. That's why I keep I, my eyes are locked on IFALO. Um, just give the Kings an asset. His contract expires and thanks. Um, we'll, you know, message you to get you fitted for the ring. Okay. What? <laughs> calm what? down. Why? Why would I be calm? They won. They won the cup. Why would I be calm if they won the cup? Are you okay? Me? Yeah. What are you doing over there? I'm, I'm tweeting something. Oh, I was wondering. You, okay. When Adam leaves the show, we're naked. Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's just paused like, in the middle of the show to tweet? Well, what we're doing now? For dingers. So here's what I'm writing. Okay. You ready? What would it take to get Phil Kessel on the Leafs for Tavares and Nylander to set him up for dingers for the next 18 months? Send tweet. Oh. Okay. Did you tag? Let's see what happens. You should have tagged Simmons. <laughs> I want to see what people say. 
We'll come back. We'll read some replies. It'll be great. Mm, okay, I won't spoil it. Um, okay, uh, Edmonton coming in hot, tied with the Leafs. Now they have played three more games, but still uh, coming right in hot against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And what's interesting is the conversation around Tyson Berry, I think. You know, obviously Edmonton had a really rocky start. And then, well, not really rocky start, rocky middle. And they're back. Actually, yeah, since, that's a good way of since, it. since I called them uh, mediocre, they've done great, which is awesome. But um, the the thing with uh, Edmonton that I find interesting is the conversation about Tyson Berry. People are like, oh, Toronto didn't know what it had. And I think I think they're right because I think a lot of people demonize Tyson Berry for certain things he shouldn't have been demonized for. I also think Toronto put him in a position where he couldn't succeed. Flipped coaches in the middle of the season. But Steve, you tweeted something like a couple weeks ago about his production under Sheldon Keefe. Yes. So I don't have the tweet right in front of me, but he basically under Mike Babcock in the few games that he played with him. uh, I think he had seven assists, no goals. He was scoring at a 25 point pace, something like that. This is Tyson Berry, who I'm pretty sure put up back to back like 60 plus point seasons prior to this under Keefe. He was back in the fifties for pace. This is Tyson Berry. Like no one, why? No one on earth should be surprised that he's producing, right? Like, uh, I wasn't jacked on him returning to the team. He is a defensive liability. Let's be honest. Uh, what what was the quote I heard somewhere? He's a threat at both ends of the ice, <laughs> which is rude. But I mean, he's off. He's truly offensively gifted. Yeah, this guy. Yep. And the Leafs were not the right fit. They took a 72-point player off the top power play unit to put Barry in a better position, which made no sense. Um, He would have been better on another team. He's got 30 points in 34 games right now, 26 or assists. What's fascinating to me, though, is he doesn't even lead Oilers defensemen in even strength scoring. (laughs) That that, that, uh, actually belongs to Darnell Nurse. So he – but – at the end of the day, should he be punished? Should we think any less of him um, for doing exactly what he does? So the Which question, sorry, starting the play and, and getting power play points on an offensively gifted team. And the Oilers sort of needed that too. They needed that, that, that quarterback guy and he's been great. Yeah. Just Here's don't be the an idiot when you resign him. <laughs> $3.7 million is what he's making. Good value for Edmonton. Sure. Now they're talking extension. Sure. What do you do? I don't think I give him more than Riley. You don't give and, more than five million. Uh, I know he's going to score. I know he's going to score. But man, defensively, like you know, you talk about there are other players in this league, mm-hmm. like you know, maybe a John Carlson comes to mind, where like he puts up a ton of points, but you go, oh, he's not the greatest in his own zone. No, 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 no. This guy is no good. <laughs> In its own zone. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not down with it at all. It, Tyson Berry is a good hockey player. Um, if the Oilers re-sign him, I don't think it would be a mistake. Mm-hmm. But I do see term and dollar amount being an issue. And, you know, maybe he re-signs with them and it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe he would get more on the open market. And maybe you can talk him into, listen, he he's engaged. You know, we know, uh, I, th- I think he's a BC guy. Mm-hmm. Settle down here. We're, we're not that far from home. To, it's a, we're in a panini. Mm-hmm. 
you know, take a, take a bit of a haircut. Listen, take a bit of a haircut. You can play with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl for the next half decade. Does that sound appealing to you there, Tyson? Yeah. Of course it does. Help us surround you and the two, the, the best duo in the NHL. They have 110 points combined now. Fuck. Wow. In 34 games. McDavid's, oh, yeah. McDavid's on pace for 98 points currently. And if he can uh, get up to 100 points, he'd be only the second player in history to reach 100 points in less than 60 games. And the other guy is uh, a guy named by the name of Mario Lemieux. So if he can do that, it'll be history. Then he's two points off of that He's going to do it. If he's healthy, he'll do it. Yeah, he's going to do it. Because he knows that that record, he knows he's going to do it. It's so going to be amazing. Let's, let's let's put a bow on this conversation. I if if Tyson Berry were smart, I think he'd take a haircut to stay with the Oilers because all the fun you're having this year, you can have it forever now. Mm-hmm. And people so, don't talk about this much: low income tax rate in Alberta, very low. There you go. And I, it's so sad because I feel like Toronto maybe could have been that. Mm-hmm. In a different scenario, a different mind behind the bench. Babcock just stapled him to Muzzin. And it, those are both good players. And it didn't work. It very obviously didn't work. And he kept, I'm the smartest guy in the room. And I'm going to make it work. And like he ruined his tenure with the Leafs. Could not get it back. Scored scored goals in three straight games. Or Mm -hmm. was it four? Mm -hmm. Three or four straight games. Soon as he was fired, oh, looks good on you. If if I think Barry would be very smart to take a team friendly deal with the Oilers, I really do. Now, can we talk about the other scores on the Oilers? Sure. So Barry third in Oilers scoring with mm-hmm. thirty points. The Pretty next good. highest is Leon Drysidle with fifty. Unbelievable. The next highest, aka the highest. Is Connor McDavid with 60. What makes that even more unbelievable is Dry is actually second in NHL scoring with 50 points, which means McDavid is 10 points clear of his next closest teammate and the next closest player to him in the scoring race. The third highest scorer in the NHL is Patrick Kane with 42. And Marner's got 40. And Marner's got 40, which means he's 20 points clear of fourth. 18 points clear of third, 10 clear of second. He is on, Jesse said, what was it, 98 points? 98-point pace right now in 56 games. And that's for a 56-game season. If this were a 100, uh, sorry, if this was an 82-game season like he usually is, he'd be on a 144-point pace. And So it's uh, a 1.7... Sorry, 1.76 points per game, and that's 29th all-time. So that includes everyone who's ever played hockey wow. in the There's NHL. It's no era-adjusted. It's no. just, it is what it is. Yeah. Right? So Not too bad. No, not at all. So I'm trying to, I said this could be one of the best seasons by any player in a year that starts with a two. And here's what I'm trying to find out right now. Because there's a few candidates. Sidney Crosby, the year he got hurt by Dave Steckel, was stupid. It was honestly the best year of his career, and it got shortened. It's a, it's a sin. 
He had 15 goals, 41 points, 56 points in 36 games. Or am I even talking about the right year? I might be looking at the wrong year. Oh, my God. We were so robbed of Sidney Crosby. He has a 41-game season, a 22, a 36. Mm -hmm. In those shortened seasons, his production was ridiculous. 66 in 41, 37 in 22, 56 in 36. The only other candidate to me better than McDavid if he stays at this pace or improves on it, which is also an option, is Mario Lemieux uh, coming out of retirement year. Oh, that was a crazy year. I, he was I, unbelievable. I did an era-adjusted piece, and it's one of those things. He was so good that looking at the numbers, it made me forget I was alive for it. I, we didn't appreciate it. And it was the clutch and grab era, too. Clutch and grab era, and would you look at that. 76 points in 43 games. Stupidity. Stupidity. 35 goals, 41 assists, 76 points in 43 games. And guess what? A pace of 144, just like Connor McDavid. Wow. Uh, there's a couple little decimals there. I think uh, Lemieux was on an ever so slightly higher pace. McDavid is legitimately the best. He's the best offensive player right now, this season, in any year that starts with a two. In That's fair any year that starts with a two 60 points in 34 games have mercy good lord and somehow the Leafs held him off the sheet for three straight <laughs> no didn't he get one assist in there no oh, dry Leon. Settled it. oh Leon. dry settled it yes yeah no, no, um, that's that's the other guy who's got 50 <laughs> plus points his teammate yeah. i remember Stupid. i remember mario coming back because of course it was against the leafs and of course they sh just smashed the leafs five nothing took them less um, than a period to score <laughs> yeah it was ridiculous i remember that that comeback uh very very well um all right well let's move on here guys um i think we should do an extended press conference do you guys have any issues with that no let's do it all right, let's do it. Um, first up, let me uh, let me pull this up. But first up, we need to talk about the uh, Ontario rain, and that's uh, Ontario, California. Yes. Uh, so on yesterday, on Sunday, uh, the Ontario rains, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Quinton Byfield, and Akil Thomas became the first all-black line in pro hockey since the Black Aces in 1941. Wow. So... Wow. Big ups to them. Uh, a thing that I really believe in is if you can see it, you can believe it. Like if you see people in positions, then you can believe that it can be possible for yourself. So I think it's so huge for kids growing up, kids of color growing up, just seeing this line, seeing that all the press is making and making history. And what's even cooler about this line is what happened when they were on the ice. So uh, everybody, the line's making a lot of headlines, but in, at 3.07 left, around when they, they hit the ice, the Ontario Reign were losing 4-1. And Akil Thomas had a hat trick with three minutes left in the game to tie the game up 4-4. And then they went to the shootout and they won the game. So not only did an all-black hockey, um, hockey line play for the first time since 1941, a pro hockey game, they had an unbelievable comeback with a hat trick from the line and they ended up winning the game. So shout out to them. That's a huge moment. It's, it's unreal. And, and I got to say like how special and unique and like unlikely this opportunity was really, uh, because I'm looking, I, I knew Devonte Smith Pelly had signed somewhere after 
previously not having a team this season. I didn't know it was with the Ontario Reign. He's only played there for three games. He's only got three games under his belt. Quinton Byfield, on the other hand, wouldn't even be allowed in the league in any other season uh, because he's a uh, junior age player. And then there's Akil Thomas, who uh, I think just graduated from the junior ranks. So even just the odds of these guys coming together to be on the same team or even be playing in this league are, are just so unlikely. Um, man, what a great story. I knew he had a hat trick, Jesse. I didn't know yeah. it was to tie it was a the game. In three minutes and seven seconds to close out the game. Oh my and God. Go to the shootout and win it. Unbelievable. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I will say though, I am sad that Devonte Smith belly decided to sign with that team because earlier in the season, we were coming up with ideas for how the Leafs could get some depth guys. And I'm like, he wouldn't have to quarantine. Mm. He's in Toronto. Yeah. He's got lots of playoff experience, but now he's in frigging California. So, so much for that. Yeah. All right. I'm sure uh, he'd come back. <laughs> <laughs> Enough money. Um, Adam, do you want to tease the Adam's history corner you got coming on Thursday? I think it's yes. going to be a cool one. Yeah, it is going to be a good one. Now, I don't know how we're going to do this whole thing, but I don't know who this message is from, but it's a... Hey, Jesse, longtime listener of the podcast, request for Adam's History Corner. I'd love to hear his thoughts on the Stuart monarchy in Britain. Uh, to me, this is the most fascinating era of English-British history, and I look forward to hearing what Adam has to say. So here's the it's thing. It's from Wes, by the way. Wes. Okay, Wes. thank you, Wes. So I, Jesse's like, do you want to do this today? And I'm like, yes, but I can't because the <laughs> – first off, to talk about an entire – like family lineage is you know there's we're talking about several generations here um it takes a little bit of research so if i'm going to do it properly i'd like to actually like read a little bit more and and then come up with you with some overlap you know overlapping things and i also keep in mind that there are actual real historians listening to this show who i hear from who are all, all very kind by the way um and, and they yell know, at you well no they don't they're not like <laughs> they're not like normal hockey fans that are like you got he has 17 assists not 16 you you cuck. Um, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, historians are like, well, listen, you tried really hard and you did pretty good. I would have given you like an 80%, which is a, the, the best, the best compliment you can get because historians are all about fine details. And as you know, I am not. So I'm going to do a little bit more research, give you a really good answer on the next show. And by the way, on my cameo, people keep doing, Hey, can I get a Adam's history corner on this or on that? So you can feel free to do that too, but I give them away for free right here on the Steve Nagel podcast. And you're going to have that ready for Thursday. I am going to have it ready for Thursday. It won't be like Steve trying to prep for the debate that you guys are going to have about the Leafs in the game. <laughs> Man, that okay. was years ago. That's oh, like a, in my car six, outside that's a six-year-old reference. People don't get that. <laughs> People God. do. They know. <laughs> no one. Okay. Fine. They don't. All right. First, uh, first question. This is from Mike Carter. For Steve and Adam, I'm mm -hmm. a first-time dad with an eight-month-old. What can I expect from month eight to nine? Ooh, well, Leo turned nine months old today. So interesting timing on that. Uh, Daddy Adam, you have the gift of you've gone through this and you also have retrospect. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm just sort of in the trenches right now. I'm trying to think what happened. And Jesse's, Jesse dipped. He's, he's gone. Uh, did he leave? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, A I, lot of... Oh, go ahead. Well, well, I'm thinking that, that uh, from what I remember, it's when Everly started to sleep like longer. Like that's when I started to get eight, nine, 10 hour sleeps out of her. And that was awesome because A, the kids need it. 
Um, and they start moving around. She started doing this bum scooch thing, which she held on to for almost a full year before she started walking. Um, and so you start to like, you let them loose. And the, the problem is, is that they'll leave if you let them loose too far. So I, I used to put Everly in like a little playpen and then she would complain that there was a playpen and she couldn't move. So she'd sit there and cry until I moved, the, moved her out of the playpen and then she disappeared. So I think eight to nine is interesting because they start to, they start to sleep and you start to see the move and you start to see their personalities. And I think, honestly, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be straight with you, you're about six months away from it being really fun. Like it's fun. It's fun. But once they hit like a year and a half, then the fun really begins. And I, I, I say that as a parent who loves the fact that my child can now walk. There's a lot of parents who are like, oh man, I loved it before they could walk, but now they're everywhere. And I kind of like that because she just kind of follows me. I'm very lucky that, you know, my kid just, she, she's very social, wants to be in the same room, has no interest in stairs. So I'm not worried about any of that stuff. And when we go on walks, she'll walk for like 20, 30 minutes without a stroller. I don't even have a stroller. I mean, she just kind of walks. Don't you, don't you hate when kids kid at you? <laughs> yeah. They just, they just be kids. Yeah. They're just being children. Oh, man, they move around. Like I've yeah, legitimately man. had people tell me that they're like, I don't like, I just hate, I hated when they started moving. Cause then I had to chase them everywhere. And I'm like, that's the best part. You bring them to the park. Like, let's go. Come on. This will be fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't, well, I'm not there yet. I will say eight to nine is like Leo starting to move around now. Mm-hmm. Um, he can't crawl yet. Um, our friends who have younger and smaller children, they can crawl and Leo can't. And I wonder if it's cause he's bigger. I don't know, but he's starting to, I feel like he could, I feel like he has the strength. He just hasn't put it together in his head yet. Um, what he's doing is he's rolling. Mm. So if there's something he wants and it's the across the room, he'll roll at it as long as it takes. And, um, the only thing with him is he's starting to whine more. And it's two things. It's the teeth, because um, he's got two teeths now, and I think a bunch more are about to go <laughs> through his gums, which I mm-hmm. imagine is painful. Um, and also, he's starting to have a feeling of, I want that thing, and I can't get to it. So he gets frustrated when you take something from him that's covered in dirt and he wants to put in his mouth. Or, uh, you know, he, it's, I want this. and then like it's not even crying like he fake cries now a little bit yeah yeah that's a little bit annoying oh but um the sleep is real good the only nights he doesn't have good sleep it's he's usually he has the courtesy to wake up before we've gone to bed (laughs) he sleeps for 12 hours a night it's awesome um but yeah he's He's going to start moving around more. He or she, I don't... Yeah, you're going to have fun. Remember you're, going to, you you're going to have fun. The fun begins now, but like really begins, I think, year and a half. A lot more interactive. Yes, 100%. Yeah. All right. Next question comes from Josh Biggs. What in the hippo is wrong with the power play? Do you guys have any theories on what the hell's going on with the struggling Leafs power play? Um, the player with the best wrist shot in the world can't shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so apparent like especially on saturday where there was just kind of pucks lying there and matthew just couldn't get enough on it like yeah. he's 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 hurt and then he hit the post oh yeah. he's getting pissed i know yeah. i know and i wonder if you know and with matthews we only see it the couple times right like oh he's he's obviously holding it differently or his body's involuntarily like protecting it like freddie does that all game yeah by the look of it right 
um, and you see how much it affects his game. I mean, he had the touch of death. He had the t- he his presence made the power play a threat. He could not. He could uh, for an entire two minute power play not touch the puck. They could score at the two minute mark, um, just because there was the threat of him there, right? And teams are able to key in a little bit better. Um, but the problem I'm seeing, boy, they're not. They're really not getting enough zone time, and they're really struggling with those exits. And when they dump it, what it a takes shock. forever to get it back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, too, Wayne Simmons being back is going to help because Manny Malhotra loves to have a guy in front of the net, and Wayne Simmons loves to be the guy in front of the net. Yeah. yeah. Match made in heaven. That's how Manny Malhotra runs his power play. So I think that's that's going to help as well. Yeah, You need somebody kind of doing that. The Leafs have, haven't had that since JVR left. And it really is noticeable. It does make a difference. And when they were humming, Wayne Simmons was in the lineup playing every night. Um, loosely related, uh, Sheldon Keefe in that Saturday night game really managing the bench because people were talking about that fourth line of uh, Engvall, McKay of Hyman. Like, uh, what, what the hell did those guys do to get demoted to the fourth line? Simmons actually played 1242 which was smack dab in the middle of Engvall and Mikheyev to the second. They played 1241 and 43 respectively. Hyman, fourth liner, Zach Hyman, played 19 minutes. Right? So those are just – the Leafs are really thinking about this differently from other teams. Mm-hmm. They're, they're throwing it out there before the game going, these are – not even these are our five-on-five lines. These are some of our five-on-five lines. All right, because the big thing going into that was, oh, Wayne Simmons is on the first line. Mm-hmm. You know, that that wasn't true. That when the game plays out, he played like you said, Steve, just twelve minutes. Like that's not first line play. Galch too, no. right? Galch Galch played with. He started with Tavares Nylander, played twelve minutes. Yeah, the big guys yeah. are still getting the minutes they need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, we need to stop looking at those lines that they tweet out as, oh, these are the lines they're going with during the game. Because no, Keith is going. That's how it works in NHL twenty one. <laughs> It's not real life. They're going to play different. Guys, you guys play, with play, with lines <laughs> play with someone who changes their lines mid-game. Oh, stop. We're trying to get through this. Yeah. Stop. No. <laughs> do you know people that do that? I got homework. No, this is like when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, get out of here. Next question. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, do you guys have information, Steve, on CJ's run? Do you know where he's going to be doing it? And that because Stuart Todd uh, tweeted us and said he would like to go out and support him. Do you know where he's uh, physically going to do his his marathon? That's a great question. I don't know if <laughs> CJ would want you knowing that. Uh, no offense. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you know what? We should get him to come on, though, to talk leaves, obviously, but also promote his run. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually just texting him about that yesterday. Um, Can you explain today. a little for people who don't know? Oh, yeah. So CJ, I think, has been running every day um, since the pandemic hit. I mean, you see it on TV. The dude is friggin' Olympian's velt now with just this luscious Toronto haven't been able to haircut, uh, get a haircut uh, flow going on. CJ, just gorgeous superhero, man. Um, he's going to do a full marathon, which is what, 42 kilometers? Mm-hmm. Um, in support of Conquer COVID-19. Um, so the money will go there. I think he has a link on his Twitter. It might be a pinned tweet. But what I was texting him about yesterday is you need to do this run 
unless you're going to be wearing Conquer COVID merch, you need to do this run in a juggernaut shirt. Because for that one day, that one marathon, raising money for a good cause, CJ is the juggernaut. And not like the one that's going to fail. Like he's actually going to be the juggernaut. <laughs> All right. And uh, he's also, he sent me the, did you see the fake CJ tweet? No. Is there a fake CJ? Yeah. It was like, it was like reporter Chris Johnston with like an extra R. Oh. And it was like, since you've asked, the Edmonton Oilers are a juggernaut. And the first five minutes before people realize it's just Oilers fans going, no. <laughs> put the juggernaut curse on him and he's like man i'm never gonna get rid of this i'm like that's why you need to lean into it son yeah i'm looking for that shirt i'm looking for this account is it reporter two hours at the beginning or two hours at the end i think it's the second r in reporter oh okay there's oh that's tricky reporter chris <laughs> okay i'm trying can you read some of the tweets yeah yeah hang on yeah, i'm just looking it up fun. i'm looking it up hang on uh Search instead for I can't find uh report. Might have deleted it. Might have deleted it. <sighs> okay, I can't find it. Uh, if there's a reporter Chris account that's fake, we are definitely reading tweets from it. That's hilarious. <laughs> find it. You find it. You find it. It says this account does not exist. Oh, ah, boom! Means it was taken down. Let me check again. Reporter Chris. No, no. That's None of the R's. No, I don't got it. Okay. Is this good, guys? Is this? It's terrible. Steve, uh, next question. I try to avoid these types of questions because God knows I'm sick of it. But Alan Smith says, get Steve to talk about some of the stupid customers uh, at the zoo. Oh, God. So (laughs) you get, you get, I'm going to sit down for this one. You get one. Okay. You get one story this podcast, and that's it. And then never want to hear this shit again. Oh. It was one story about the zoo and a dumb it. customer. Okay. You don't even talk about it. <laughs> Adam, you're a dick. <laughs> well, oh, here. Steve, my life at the zoo. This animal is ruining my life. I worked there for seven years, Adam. <laughs> while you were gallivanting, while you were hosting parties in Halifax and Calgary, I was standing next to a camel's asshole. Steve, get to the story. Is it? We okay. want this segment to be over. All right, so okay. Over. All right. Steve's zoo corner. Let's one one customer story. So a little bit of context here. Oh no. Part of the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> part of the reason people are bringing up the zoo is because I was tweeting about it last night because I fucking worked there. I know. But also, there was a story of a guy. It's one of the most surreal videos I've ever seen. I was raised on the internet. You can't surprise me. You can't make me gasp. This video made me gasp. This dude took his two-year-old daughter, climbed over a barrier, climbed through another one, and into an elephant enclosure at the San Diego Zoo. And was just posing, unprotected by anything, next to an elephant. The elephant charges him while his back is turned. He does not move. There are a few seconds where he's just standing there unaware that an elephant is charging at him and uh last update i saw in the story he's uh currently being held on a hundred thousand dollar bail um and one of the charges is child endangerment so to give you an idea by the way of how fucking dangerous this is i'm on um, tmz right now watching the video it's it's shocking right 
All right, I got to get up for this. Is, yeah, Adam, you're going to want to. I know you don't want to hear zoo stories, but you got to see this. You got to see this freaking video. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Jesse Blake. The man. Oh, he drops the kid. He drops the kid because he's oh. running for their lives. Because oh there's an God. elephant behind them. Oh, my. Adam, you need to watch this. Everybody listening needs to watch this. Yeah, so uh, you, you gotta watch this. You have just time. Google San Diego. I'll kill time, Zoo. and I and promise I'll make my story relate to this one. Okay. Uh, but Adam, San Diego's it should literally type in elephant. Yeah. I can't imagine there's a bigger elephant story right now. I typed in San Diego <laughs> Zoo and it was the first the TMZ link is the first. There you go. San Diego Zoo, by the way. Uh if it's not the biggest zoo in the world, it's the biggest in North America. Uh, that was part of the Zoomobile tour. The Toronto Zoo, know, by the way, is third uh, or fourth. Do you know any zoo facts, Steve? Uh, giraffe's heart is about the size of a basketball. Uh, two meters of its height are in its neck. Another two are in its legs, and they give birth standing up. Can you Welcome give us your? Can you give us your story so we can move on? Okay. Uh, By the way, I just want to say this guy's got the look of a guy who would jump into an elephant enclosure with his young daughter. This guy, if you were to look at him, you're like, that's the guy that would do it. He's exactly how you think he looks. I I haven't seen his face. I I wouldn't know. Don't need I'd, to. I've seen him turn around and go, holy fuck. Now, one, one of the things I saw, and this is my story now, mm -hmm. um, why didn't anyone say anything, right? Because there's people standing around the enclosure. Why didn't anyone say anything to this guy trying to get him to stop? So I can't remember if I wrote about this in the book or not. Um, I think I did. But basically, at the end of the night, we got to drive the Zoomobile, which is this bus sort of thing that we gave the tour on the zoo. You got to drive it uh, back into the garage alone. Um, there was the driver, Rob, at the front. And for security reasons, there was me at the back. If I really want to talk to Rob, I can get on the microphone. The problem is I can't hear him back. Um, so we're driving. And he doesn't notice. Hey, Adam. <laughs> Did you like knowing about Rob? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm just I'm just so happy I know that Rob exists. <laughs> the reason it is important to know his name is because Rob does not as we're passing the giraffes which is the last animal that we pass before the garage rob doesn't notice there is a man standing next to one of the giraffes okay oh, that's okay that's in the enclosure here's the, the part where his name is relevant i get on the mic and i'm afraid to scream because i'm like what if i startle this animal and the guy dies right so i right. go rob <laughs> like as soft as i can Rob. and like i'm trying to ask him louder but also without without shout rob, rob look rob rob stop 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 rob stop rob stop <laughs> right now so finally rob stops and we just we we just put the brakes on and we very calmly get out and we very uh, oh we radio for security immediately but also we just very calmly walk up to the guy and go hey man uh what you doing in there Oh, you know, just getting a picture. So somewhere there's some asshole who just has a picture standing next to a six meter tall giraffe. He didn't get arrested. He, t he took off. Well, first oh. of all, Rob and I are seasonal employees. We're not tackling him. And no. uh, security wasn't there. It's the third largest zoo in North America. 
And uh, yeah, so there's just some guy who got away with exactly what that guy did, except he wasn't endangering a child while he did it. But giraffes, they, they can, part of the script was you can kick, you can crush the skull of a lion Oof. with the kick of a giraffe. Because they're designed to eat things off of tall things and kill lions if they have to. And this dude in cargo shorts is just standing so if you were watching that video going i would have said something bet you wouldn't have because you'd be like oh my god this guy might get trampled by a fucking elephant interesting that's a good i story. thought that was a good story worth not interrupting what, what about you what, what about you two the huh? issue is i don't know i would the never interrupt you guys i never have <laughs> i just want to know what rob's parents names were I'll, you here let me look on facebook where do you go to school probably somewhere in pickering <laughs> You guys are dicks. His name was relevant to the story. <laughs> I don't understand how I was being gratuitous with that relevant fact. <laughs> to ask Steve, uh, what kind of shoes was he wearing that day? <laughs> Probably uh, Converse All Stars. They were big at the time. I love you, man. Where else can we hear more? The of feeling's not mutual. You guys are assholes. <laughs> you should start a podcast on the SDPN. About your Sue stories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you book know, about that. Well, there is a book, but there's more. Clearly, Jesse hasn't got to them all. Is this, this, that was not in the book, Steve. Yeah. How come it's okay? Make it? you, know, you know what? You <laughs> know what has been it? mentioned more on this podcast than my fucking friend Rob from the zoo? Gaul and what? <laughs> different dynasties no, no. and the Moors and whatever, Adam, <laughs> some other historical shit. Bring about talk about Winston Churchill again. And you know what? Jesse was the asshole here, and here I am ripping on Adam. With friends like these, folks, with friends like these. Man, I gotta say, I can't fucking wait to just be in the same room as you guys again. It's I been, can't wait to spit in your face. What has it been? Is it been like a year and a half? Spit in my face. Not uh, not quite that's a illegal half. March like 15th? Was it March 15th? 14th, maybe? Somewhere in there. Well, then it's been, yeah, so it's been a full year since we've been in the same room together. I miss, I miss that. That was a good, hearty chuckle. That feels I good. Uh, I suggested either last night or this morning, we should do like a distanced podcast. We should. In like a yard. It's just hard to find. Well, it's still a little cold, right? It is still like, it, it might we be 16 degrees, that. but it's not. What's that? We, we could literally drive to see his backyard and just do a podcast in his backyard. We could, but who's got fucking time for that? <laughs> I'm kidding. Adam, I, you can right, listen Steve. to the zoo section of my book on the way here. I'm joking. Steve, I'm, I'm on your team now. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Jesse, I just found out Jesse's half Italian. Apparently, always Are switching you? sides. Oh, no, just no, always no, switching no. sides. Oh, switching Jesse. sides. I see what he's saying there. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we got to let you go. We're going to be back on Thursday. So we'll talk to you then. Until then, uh, shout out to Rob uh, for being a guy that uh, is a good, solid driver. Steve, Steve, what you. what number in uh, in line are you? Did you leave your? Oh, I left. I left. Oh, I'm yeah. literally almost dead last out of three hundred thousand people. Oh, okay. That's legitimately difficult to do. I moved up ten thousand spots, so be jealous. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, love you. See you later. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.